We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the August 21st edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Two guests again today. We did teams uh, on Monday. We got two of the marquee teams today. First, it's going to be the Cowboys and Patriots with Rotowire beat writers. First up, uh, Eric Seegers that covers the Cowboys for Rotowire. But, Eric, first, I got to ask you before we start with the Cowboys, we always have to cover some news. Adrian Peterson to the Redskins. What are they doing? Well, they missed out on bringing back Alfred Morris, right? Right. So, who else is out there, really? I mean, or- Orleans, at this point, Orleans Darkwa or Adrian Peterson? I'm going Orleans Darkwa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't argue against that. But you never know. It's Adrian Peterson. I know. I mean, it's funny. Last year... I bet somebody that he wouldn't get 500 yards rushing for the season. And then he went to the Cardinals those two games and he racked, he had two huge games and he got up to four something and then he hurt himself, I think. So it was, yeah, he's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't see this at all. I, I put it this way for me, if you had designs on a late stab at either Rob Kelly or P Ryan, I think I'm sticking with that. And I, and I think, 
I think this signing probably hid them a little more for you. Not that they're guarantees or anything, but I think they're decent dart throws, especially Kelly because he's kind of slimmed down and everything now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, if Peterson does anything this year, it'll probably be the same kind of thing he did with the Cardinals last year where he'll have one or two good games early in the season and then break down, and they'll have to go to plan B again. Right. Yeah, Peterson last year, 448 rushing, by the way, but they were all so many concentrated in two games. And that, that New Orleans experiment did not work. But just remember, everybody, it's he's he had a good year in 2015, hasn't done much since, and he's 33 years old. I mean, anyway, you, 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 this, this, that's, that's my editorial and not even thinking about Adrian Peterson. Good What's up? But that one or two good games. I know. I, I'm still not doing it. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. All right, folks, before we move on to the Cowboys, uh, check us out on Twitter. Eric is at Anton Sirius. That's Sirius like Sirius XM, S I R I U S. I'm at Jay Halpin37. You can also tweet us at RotoWire. You can get player updates at RotoWire NFL, or you can find us on Facebook. Okay, we're going to talk Cowboys. Um, lots of people out there like talking Cowboys. However, the, the Cowboys fantasy tree this year, very skinny, I would think. If, it, for, it starts overwhelmingly. With Ezekiel Elliott. For you, let's go standard and PPR. Where does he rank for you out of the top four? Uh, I actually have him at number two ahead of Le'Veon Bell, which is, you know, people are sometimes shocked by that. But uh, that really depends on the offensive line staying healthy. And that hasn't been the case for the last week. There's been a couple of little dings on that uh, fortress up front so he might end up sliding yeah can, can you talk about that a little bit about the about the offensive line issues that they're having and, and how worried you are about them yeah well it, it goes back to last year right when uh tyron smith got hurt the offense really 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 suffered i mean Dak couldn't stay upright he got sacked what 12 times in the two games that smith missed right so this year over the last week uh, center Travis Frederick has dealt with some neck stingers and they're not entirely sure when he's going to be back. Right now the plan is just to let him rest and hopefully that'll clear up the issue. Um, and then in the game against the Bengals, uh, Zach Martin got hurt. And again, they're expecting him back for week one, but if he's not 100% or he can't make that timetable, suddenly Zeke's got you know, a lot more traffic in the backfield. He's got to worry about because they do not have depth behind that line. Okay. So last year when, when Zeke's suspension kicked in, they had three games where they struggled and, and Mm -hmm. a lot of people seem to look and go, Oh, see, without Ezekiel Elliott, they're nothing. Well, it might've been more Tyron Smith, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that, that one game in particular where Chaz Green was in there and was just like calling him a turnstile is probably insulting to turn. It was it was painful to watch. All right. Um, okay. So Zeke is so Zeke is two for you. That's in standard. Is he ahead of Bell in in PPR? Uh, That's a tougher one. Three B three in PPR. I mean, right at the top of the draft, I tend not to differentiate between standard and PPR. That's more for you know later in the draft when you're looking at third down backs and that kind of thing. Okay, so two or three is a comfortable spot. All right, so Elliott last year averaged was it twenty four carries a game when he played? Are we looking Uh, at the same kind of volume? I mean, basically, this they're just going to feed him until he drops, right? 
Uh, and if anything, I expect more volume for him this year because he'll be more involved with the passing game. Okay. He's really the only explosive big play player they have. So they're just going to get him the ball every chance they get. All right. So off the top of your head, yard, yards from scrimmage and touchdowns for Ezekiel Elliott, go. Uh, ooh, yards from scrimmage. Um, I think he's going to take a run of 2,000. Nice. I really do. If he's, if he's out there for 16 games and there aren't issues with the, the offensive line, then, yeah, he's just going to get a ton of touches and he's going to have those explosive plays and he's going to be consistently grinding the yards when he's not exploding. It's it's going to be something. Okay. In terms I'll, of touchdowns, let's say 12. 12, that's, that's a nice normal high number. That, that sounds about right. It's funny, for a guy, you look at a guy and you say 12 touchdowns, you shrug your shoulders, you go, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's just a pretty nice number to be fine about. All right, let's go to Dak. I was chatting with someone last week, I don't remember who, and saying, I think Dak's being underrated for fantasy purposes. Because last year, well, okay, and Zeke was out, and Tyron Smith was out, and, and we saw that Dak is dependent on, on, on Elliott and Smith, and, well, the receivers weren't any good, and look at what he was, and he wasn't as good as the year before. Okay, all fair. He was still QB10 for fantasy purposes because he runs. Mm-hmm. Are we, if we see more of the same, maybe it's not a superstar real-life quarterback, but as a fantasy quarterback, he's pretty solid, isn't he? Yeah, I, I would still have him as a QB2 in those 12-team formats. I don't think you're going to want him in there every week. But certainly with the right matchup, I yeah, QB20 is, which is what his ADP now is, I think that that's too low for him. Just, again, as you said, because of the running, that gives him such a solid floor of value. And, and we're going to see some, because, I mean, Elliot can't get, can't run it in every time from inside the five. This is wow. the way I look at Dak. <laughs> yeah, and, and those are their really only two red zone weapons, too. I mean, right. you know, Dak. Hearns might get a couple of targets. I mean, Rico Gathers might eventually emerge as something, but other than that. Okay. So if you're drafting Dak or Jared Goff? I would go Goff just because I think the ceiling is higher. Okay. Dak or Marcus Mariota? Oh, uh, that is an interesting comparison because they're kind of similar players. I would go Dak there. Yep. Just because I don't think you can count on 16 games from Marietta. Okay. Um, two more. Dak or the two guys who are going ahead of him ADP wise. Again, folks, as usual, I'm looking at fantasy football calculator. Dak or Derek Carr? Uh, I would go Dak just because I'm not a huge Derek Carr fan. All right. Is anybody? Anybody? <laughs> uh, his brother? It's, Maybe, it's weird. It's, it's weird that a couple of years ago, two years ago, people were talking about him as an MVP. And now you look at him and you go, Ooh, Derek Carr. Yuck. Um, well, I, so I have very little faith in Gruden turning the Raiders into anything. So, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, they're not paying him a lot. So that's okay. Um, the last one, Dak or Alex Smith? Ooh, that's a tough one. Because um, Alex Smith is another guy who's never gotten any respect. But he put up pretty good numbers last year in Kansas City. He did. Uh, I think I might go Smith there. Okay. But that, that, that's a tough one. I would have to really dig in and take a look. But the guys we mentioned, they were sort of the guys between 15 and 20. I'm leaving Mahomes out of this because he's a little bit of a different proposition. He's sort of a, an aspirational pick. 
with some high volume? Hey. You, you can answer it. Mahomes or Dak? Uh, that would really depend on how my draft is going at that point. Fair enough. Okay. That's the kind of thing. If I, if I needed it, like, if I felt like I needed a home run pick, then I'm definitely going Mahomes. All right, let's go to wide receiver for the Cowboys. Um, is there anyone here that you would want in the first 12 rounds of your fantasy draft? Maybe I had to. If I had to. I, somebody will catch passes for them, and it's probably going to be Alan Hearns if he's healthy. Um, I know uh, the rookie Michael Gallup has a little tiny bit of helium after he got that TD pass in the first preseason game, but I really don't see him contributing all that much. Terrence Williams is, I, I don't know how you can trust that guy, given all the off-field stuff and the fact that he didn't catch a TD pass last year. Like, right. I, how do you do I don't understand how you do that. Um, and beyond that, it's just all lottery tickets and darts. Okay. So Alan Hearns, is he... Let me take a quick look at his ADP. Alan Hearns is number 44. This is standard. Number 44 at wide receiver, looking like 10th round in a range with Aguilar, Mike Williams, Alan Hearns, Pierre Garçon, DJ Moore. Does that sound about right to you? That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing with Hearns is that if you look at his production, over the last couple of years when he's been on the field, it's actually been really similar to Des Bryant okay. in terms of per game yards and catches and that kind of thing. Um, so I think he can kind of comfortably, even though he's not the same kind of receiver, he can comfortably slide into the Cowboys offense without too much trouble, but I don't see a whole lot of ceiling there. Okay. So, I mean, if, if Dak throws... How many passes here? All right, last year, 490 attempts. I mean, the, the targets here, what, what, what can we be looking at from Hearns? What, I mean, how, how many does it, it's, you don't want to just say, hey, he gets all of Dez's. It doesn't work that way. But is this a. You've got Witten's. Right. So, so, yeah, how much could he feed Hearns? I mean, there's a, there's a lot, to, there's a lot available. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, some extra runs are going to go to, to Z. Um, we haven't talked about Cole Beasley yet. He'll be, the, the initial indications are he might kind of inherit a lot of Witten's targets, especially on third downs. He might become like that third down, need to move the chains. Here's an eight yard toss, that kind of guy, um, which helps in PPR, but not so much in standard. Um, so I, I triple digits is pretty safe for Hearns in terms of targets. Uh, I don't think he'll be anywhere close to like 140 or anything like that. But, you know, 100, 110. Okay. Things so, so let's talk about Cole Beasley for a minute. Last year was a washout for him. But the year before, he had 75 receptions. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So you think we, we might be going back toward that? But basically, it sounds like because of the absence of Witten that feeds into a, an increase in Beasley's volume? Yeah, that, that's what it's looking like right now. There's nobody on the tight end depth chart that's anywhere close to even what Witten was at the end of his career, much less peak Witten. So they're, they're just going to mix and match guys. It, it, it's really kind of funny. Most of the guys they have at tight end are Witten clones in the sense that they can do everything, but they 
aren't anywhere near as good a root runner or a pass catcher. So you've got all these guys like Blake Jarwin and uh, the rookie they drafted this year, um, Dalton Schultz, I think. Right. I can't even name. That's how notable he is. <laughs> um, but but they're guys that can be in on every down. They can block. They'll help the run game. Um, they're going to see some targets just because they're out there, and Dak will have to throw to somebody. But like the upside as receivers just isn't there at all. Right. And. One guy they do have a tight end that might have that upside is Rico Gathers, but he can't do anything else but catch. Right Which is now, for fantasy purposes, is okay. If they let him on the field, you know he's going to run routes. Yeah, exactly. And he keeps showing that in the preseason, right? Even if, it get, if it's against, you know, second and 13 defenses, he can dominate those guys and put up big numbers in the preseason, but they don't trust him with the blocking assignment. They don't trust him to do anything other than be a big target who can catch the ball. And that may not get him onto the field or even onto the 50-man roster by the time the preseason's over. Okay. Um, so for Beasley, I'm looking at here, uh, PPR-wise, he's not going in the top 70. Mm-hmm. Is is he someone – I mean, if he catches 75 passes, he winds up being somebody that you can, let's say, plug in by weeks, I guess. Probably no more than that. Yeah. But beyond that, if I'm still doing, let's say – and MFL, where I'm drafting six, seven receivers, Beasley's actually a nice little target late, late in the proceedings, I guess. That yeah, that sounds about right. He like in in most normal drafts, if it's PPR, I'm not even sure you'd consider him as a late round guy. You might want to see how the first couple of weeks go, and then look at him as a you know a free agent pickup. But if you're doing best ball or something like that, then as a little stash where he might have a couple of good games and even get into the end zone as a red zone target, because he did that two years ago as well. Uh, yeah, he's got some value there. Okay. The last thing I want to mention, um, because we're doing team-specific, uh, getting into the defense is helpful. So I'm looking at the Rotowire rankings. The Rotowire rankings have the Cowboys defense 22nd. Um, last year... I feel that is going to look a little silly by the so, end of the year. So you think they're pretty... The defense last year... Yards per game, they're eighth. Yards per play, they're tenth. Fantasy points, they're middle of the pack. You, you probably think they're they're better than people think in general, right? I think they could be a lot better than people think. Yeah, they're they're my dark horse defense special this year. Why? For sure. Um, well, as you said, the you know the points and the yards were there. The thing that was holding them back fantasy wise was the lack of big plays. Right. Other than Demarcus Lawrence, they didn't have anybody who could get the quarterback. There wasn't anybody who was a big interception threat on the back end. And just the amount of talent they have in that defensive unit now, especially up front in pass rush help for Lawrence, yep. they could really have a breakthrough this year. Okay. Taco Charlton, who was last year's first round pick, and it usually takes about a year for a pass rusher to start to get it in the NFL. He has looked fantastic this preseason. Um, Bob Sturm, who's a, a Dallas reporter, um, sent out this clip of him that was, he it, it almost looked like he was doing a pirouette in midair, making a move around the, the offensive lineman to, to get to the quarterback in practice. It was just this incredible move, and he grabbed a sack against the Bengals, and he if he's a double-digit sack guy alongside Lawrence, 
suddenly they've got they're making some impact plays on defense and the points go down and the yards go down and it just starts feeding on itself. All right. All right, so that's a good, that's that's a good tip. That's that's my favorite tip so far that that the Cowboys are a dark horse defense because nobody's picking them. Right. No. Yeah, you can get them last round pretty much any draft here. All right. There you go. All right, um, Eric, that's it for the Cowboys. What else are you working on right now? Uh, well, in terms of RotoWire stuff, I'm still hip deep in baseball. I do the uh, AL Fab article every week, which takes up a lot of time. And uh, yeah, just general RotoWire stuff all the time. Sounds good. All right, um, Eric, thanks a lot for joining me. I appreciate it. We will check in with you on the Cowboys later in the season, okay? Excellent. All right, folks, Fantasy Football Evolution is back for 2018 and better than ever. You spoke, we listened, we've had a mock drafting, moved the championship final to NFL Week 16, and made setting up a private competition a snap. Join us and play the game you love as it was meant to be played. Fantasy Football Evolution's unique three-stage format delivers the best of season-long fantasy football without the never-ending drafts or late-season absentee owner and waiver-wire antics that can develop in traditional leagues, and we just, we hate those, right? Play as an individual or be the commission or commissioner of your own private league. You'll get 16 weeks of action for just $27. You could be the next Fantasy Football Evolution $25,000 champion, but you can maximize your chances by owning multiple teams. Optional auto-draft and lineup assist can help you manage them with ease. Don't do auto-draft. You can, but don't. It's all here at Fantasy Football Evolution. So what are you waiting for? Register now, fantasyfootballevolution.com, and join the evolution. Availability varies by states. Visit fantasyfootballevolution.com for details. All right, folks. Next up is Mike Doria, who covers the Patriots for Rotowire. Uh, Mike, Mike, no Twitter for you? Did I miss you? Well, you know, I'm kind of old school. Um, you know, I, I as part of my job description, I kind of have to monitor Twitter at work all day. So uh, once once I get uh, away from the desk, uh, it's not my preferred method of communication. But uh, definitely, uh, it's a great tool for uh, gathering news as a uh, as a football writer. All right. Well, let's get to the Patriots. And the, the question everybody has is about the, the backfield. So latest we have, and you could you know freshen things up for me if if you have any news. Sony Michelle. Uh, had a knee cleanup. They're hoping he's ready for week one. Rex Burkhead didn't play in week two of the preseason. They said, well, there's a slight tear in his knee, but we think he'll be fine. Um, James White's still there. Jeremy Hill's there. Mike Gillisley's there. What's, what, it's too many people fall into the trap of saying, stay away from the Patriots' backfield. You never know what they're going to do. Is that fair? Is it unfair? And how does it, impact, how does it relate to what's going <laughs> on right now? It is quite fair, and it has been for a while. It's, it's, a, it's a situation where... Uh, the Patriots uh, coaching staff, uh, led by Bill Belichick, uh, basically doesn't care uh, about fantasy, you know, oh, coaches on, really? and uh, <laughs> and the likes of us. And it's really it's really just a, you know, trying to use the personnel as best as possible. And uh, the game plans and workflow are very much uh, game flow, um, game plan specific on a week-to-week basis. So sometimes there's, there's advanced context clues that, uh, that might signal, hey, you know, I think they might throw a little bit more this week or they're, they're going to probably try to ground and pound a- approach a little bit more this week. But typically it, it can go all over the map. And, you know, one week James White catches 10 passes and another week he does nothing. Uh, another week some guy scores three touchdowns and gets four carries the next week. So 
they they currently have a pretty deep backfield. There's a couple of injuries that you touched on there, and and we can we can talk about those real quick. Um, Sony Michelle uh, on Monday he missed his tenth straight practice. He hasn't been out there since August first. Had a bit of a cleanup um, to to address a pre-existing condition in his knee that the Patriots were aware of when they drafted him. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of panic there, and there's hopes that he's he's going to be ready for Week One. But given the depth that they have in the backfield, I don't think they really need to, you know, push him out full force out of the gate. So um, I think his upside is going to start kicking in a few weeks into the season. Burkhead returned to practice uh, yesterday on a limited basis, which is interesting because there was that report of the slight tear in his knee. But again, it was kind of, you know, not not really a big concern, at least, uh, you know, from the beat writers. So I think that he can at least, you know, step in at the beginning of the year and and handle a decent portion of the workload before Michelle kind of takes over as the top guy in a very crowded backfield. All right. So so with that said, the the, fra- the, the phrasing you used is interesting. So basically, Burkhead steps in early in the season until Michelle takes over. So now. The way the Patriots work, like you said, there's always room for someone to do well at some point. You might never know when it's going to happen. But as of right now, I'm looking at, oh, let's say PPR. And Rex Burkhead is somewhere at the fifth round, sixth round turn. And Michelle has slipped down to round seven. How do you assess those current draft positions? Well, I think that's reasonable if you're drafting for Burkhead's ceiling. And... um, because of Sony Michelle's uh, recent injury concern, he's obviously slipped. Now that there's there's valid concerns there, but at the same time, if his price keeps on falling, then he suddenly becomes a value instead of a the kind of rookie that that, that people reach for because he's a first round pick in a, in a good offense. Now, again, you know there's the, there's the whole timeshare situation and and, and and all that, and and we haven't even talked about um, Jeremy Hill and Mike Gillisley or. They're still both on the team. Um, one of them may end up getting cut. We'll see. But who knows? One of those two could end up uh, stealing some of the backfield, uh, sorry, the um, the goal line thunder, and that, that, that adds further complication to the situation. So do you think one of them will? Let, let's say hypothetically Hill sticks around and Gillisley gets cut. Is this a situation where y- you would, you know, if we saw Hill get a touchdown in week one, against the Texans, you wouldn't be the least bit surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't I wouldn't also panic about uh, Burkhead and Michelle necessarily, but it also wouldn't surprise me if fullback James Devlin gets a gets a touchdown in week <laughs> one. The Patriots are like that. Um, and Gillisley got off to a great start last year and everything looked like it was going to happen as as uh, his his uh, the people that invested in him imagined and then by by the end of the year he's a healthy scratch. Uh, Deion Lewis is gone, and it's it's notable that they invested a first round pick in Sony Michelle. So I, I don't think they they drafted him to be a complimentary piece. I think he's eventually going to be uh, their top guy. But you know, once again, the Patriots very game flow, very opponent specific game plans, and they they love to just roll out guy after guy. And uh, you know, it's a long season; people get injured. So they've loaded, they've loaded the deck. Okay, so uh, one more guy I want to touch on. James White. Last year, didn't run much, caught 56 passes, 429 yards. You think 
it, that kind of usage more the same this year? Yep, James White is James White. Um, I mean, the the Patriots traditionally have a, uh, a running back who specializes in catching passes out of the backfield. I mean, uh, as you mentioned before, Burkhead is capable of that, and I think Michelle will will also, you know, catch some passes. But James White is just a reliable target, uh, you know, kind of in the Kevin Falk mold. Uh, that, you know, when that that the game plan dictates that they throw a lot more, you know, go, going for shorter routes, he's going to pile up points in PPR. But there's also going to be some weeks where where he's quiet as well. He's because he doesn't, you know, get too many carries. You know, on the early downs. Okay, so based on everything you just said, now I'm looking at the non-PPR average draft positions. Rex Burkhead, latter half of the fifth round, are you in or out? Uh, that's 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 risky. Um, I mean, the team scored 16 touchdowns last year. He got five. Uh, it really depends on what sort of role he carves out around the goal line. If if he gets carries around there, sure, but. You know, when you're when you're talking about the fifth round, John, you're you're not looking for guys that are that are part of a timeshare or maybe one B in a timeshare, which is how it could play out once Michelle is back. Okay. Now, Michelle, end of the sixth, are you in? And are you excited? Well, if that knee holds up, yes, I am. I mean, I. I watched that same college football game that you probably watched last year at the end of the year, and he was pretty awesome. And I, I thought to myself, "Wow, I'd love it if the Patriots drafted him." And and I kind of thought that, yeah, that's he's not gonna they're they're not gonna use a first round pick on a running back. You know, they haven't done that since Lawrence Maroney. Um, they were they lately been going in in the third or fourth round for guys like Ridley, Vereen, White, and that kind of seemed to be the approach I thought they were going to take. And then they surprised me with that pick. Um, so, you know, I like it, but, uh, you know, we, we might have to pump the brakes a little bit till, uh, till the knee is, is totally sound and you get some reps in. Okay. All right, folks, is your league still rocking that old tired trophy? You don't play fantasy little league. So why does your trophy suck? Finally, there's a unique and customizable fantasy football trophy to, re- to represent your hard earned victory. Trophy smack offers over a 1,000 trophy options to choose from. Sizes range from 20 inches to 56 inches and include up to 19 years of free engraving and free shipping on all trophies. Give your league something worth bragging about. Level up your fantasy smack talk and customize your trophy today. And with Trophy Smack Swap Tops, every year the league champ can update the trophy to represent his or her hard-earned victory. The league champ can keep the topper and plaque as a reminder of what it takes to be number one. Throughout the year, Trophy Smack releases new and exciting toppers, so there will always be something fun and downright amazing to choose from. Upgrade your league trophy today and get a free $59 championship ring to keep as your own. Use promo code ROTORING, ROTORING, when checking out with your trophy and ring in your cart. Visit trophysmack.com and use promo code ROTORING, that's R-O-T-O, ring, R-I-N-G, ROTORING, to get your free championship ring. Upgrade your trophy today at trophysmack.com. Okay, from unpredictable to predictable, we go from the backfield to Tom Brady. Tom Brady um, finished as QB3 in fantasy last year, led the NFL in passing yards through 32 touchdowns, didn't get picked off very much. Uh, he is being drafted, I believe, as QB3 again behind, I'm looking at Fantasy Football Calculator, where he's behind Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. That second one's a subject for another day, and I've talked about it all summer. But um, more of the same from Tom Brady, do you think? 
Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, there's always the concern that one of these days the, the wheels are going to fall off, but uh, he, he hasn't shown any signs of that uh, at all at age 41, and, and he's he was never the most mobile quarterback to begin with. Uh, when you see him running out on the field out there, it's not he's not the most graceful guy, but uh, takes good care of himself, super pliable, as, as he likes to say, and um, arm looks good. He's been He's been very durable since the uh, the ACL tear uh, ages ago. Uh, and uh, d- it just seems that no matter what the supporting cast, he finds a way to to get it done with whatever weapons he has. And, um, you know, I, I I don't see any reason that that he's going to falter this year. And then some of the other players that are that are being considered around then, you know, as you mentioned, Desa- Deshaun Watson coming back from the ACL tear. Yes, there's tons of upside, but... You know, I shy away from players coming coming back from such a, a, a serious injury, especially when they're being considered, you know, the the number two in QB and ADP. Right. Um, all right. One more thing about Brady. So when I said more of the same, not only did he lead the league in passing yards, he led the league in passing attempts. Should we expect that again? It's. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he puts up similar numbers. He uh, took pretty good. Good uh, care of the ball, you know, had a nice uh, TD to interception ratio. Um, and even even when the, he's not throwing to his wideouts, he's got the top tight end in the business. He has uh, running backs that catch passes. Um, once Julian Edelman comes back, he has a PPR machine to throw to. Chris Hogan is around. Uh, they, they'll, they'll figure out ways to, uh, to, to keep the passing game going and uh, maintain a nice balance there. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady's boring to talk about fantasy wise. And the guy's great. Yeah, he's but, he's good. You know, he's going to stay good until he's not good anymore. There you go. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned Chris Hogan. He seems to be a trendy breakout pick right now. Part of that's due to Edelman being hurt. Uh, you know, he's. I know they they don't play quite. They're, they're not the same role certainly. But um, Hogan is being drafted as wide receiver twenty two, and that's that's non PPR from what I'm looking at. Last year, he well last year he didn't play. He, he was hurt for a little bit. Um, do you think he's he's worth a top twenty five receiver draft slot going in let's say round early round five right now? Uh, I don't think that's 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 too much of a reach. Uh, I mean, everybody's talking about the the Edelman suspension and how he's going to need to step up early on, but it's it's almost like we've forgotten that Brandon Cooks is gone and and Dan, Danny Amendola even. You know, that's uh, two hundred targets uh, that have been vacated and. What what what's there to replace them is not. I mean, I mean, it's uh, Kenny Britt, uh, Philip Dorsett, Cordero Patterson are the guys you're looking at. And uh, regardless of uh, Edelman's status, um, I mean, I think that Hogan is going to absorb some of those targets that were vacated. And as long as he stays healthy, he has a very nice floor. Okay, so so where where would you would you draft Hogan early round five? Uh, that's that's reasonable. Yeah, okay. definitely. All right. Yeah. How many? How many? Give me a ballpark. How many receptions? Let's say from Hogan. Um, geez, I didn't think of that. Uh, but right. let, I don't know. let's let's, let's last go. Year let's he go. Was nine games, right? Oh, oh, let me pull up his stats from last year. I kind of threw that one on. That's a tough. That's not an easy thing to figure out if you don't have projections handy. But Chris Hogan's stats last year. So he played what nine games, caught thirty-eight passes. So let's say that's a little above four. So maybe, I mean, w- do you think he's up around seventy, or is that a shade high? 
I would say that it's not unreasonable to expect him to put up similar numbers to Brandon Cooks. Uh, and Brandon Cooks had 65 catches, topped 1,000 yards, had seven TDs. Those those are reasonable thresholds for for Hogan in that offense, given the amount of snaps that he plays. Okay. You mentioned Edelman. So what happens with him when he comes back? He misses the first four games of the suspension. He comes back. Is he just Julian Edelman PPR receiving God the minute he walks back in the door? <laughs> yeah, you know, it might take a, a couple of weeks for the for the rust to come off. But it's, it's actually, it's not awesome that he was suspended. Uh, but coming off an ACL injury like he is, uh, it's actually probably for the best in, in the long term. It's going to give him four extra weeks of preparation. Um, he'll come in, maybe they ease him in the first couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, once he gets going, I think he's going to continue to be a, a, a trusted target of Tom Brady because, uh, you know, from, from small sample size of seeing him this, this preseason, um, he looks fine. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a quickness guy and uh, he doesn't really rely on the long speed. So as long as, uh, as long as he holds up, uh, he knows how to get open Great rapport with, with Tom Brady, and um, I don't expect him to uh, to have lost much of a step there. And and, and Julian Edelman last four years, like he he missed he missed last year, and he missed about half of 2015. But since 2013, he has averaged more than six catches a game. So if yeah, he, when he, if he's fine, if he's healthy, there you go. You know what to expect. I mean, Tom Brady throws to the guy that's open, and Julian Edelman knows how to get open. And uh, I don't think he's forgot that. So there might be a little bit of a, like I said, a little bit of rust early on. But uh, by midseason, I think they should be uh, back to normal. Okay. Um, you mentioned some of the other receivers. I mean, we've got Dorsett in there. Um, I'm a Rutgers guy, so I'm partial to Kenny Britt. Uh, and I, I had a running joke with uh, my former colleague, <laughs> Ryan Fowler-Fox, that every year he's like, oh, there you go. You just drafted Kenny Britt again in the 12th round. Um, Cordero Patterson, Eric Decker in the mix. Any, anybody jump out of you there as someone in such a high volume passing offense that could be a relevant player out of that crew it's 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 a little it's a little tough to uh to get excited about one of them in particular i mean philip dorsett has i guess been the healthiest um you know out of that out of that bunch um i mean he's been with the team since uh, they traded uh for him last year he didn't he didn't really do much um in that context, but I think you know a full year with the team, he's got the speed to be a deep threat. You know he he might he might surprise early on. Decker may not make the team. Britt is hurt. Uh, Cordero Patterson is he's viewed as a uh, kick return specialist, although he does have a little bit of big play ability. Uh, in terms of who I would draft, I guess the safest flyer out of that bunch is Dorsett, uh, but. Who knows? Kenny Britt could actually um, surprise us, your guy, if if he can get healthy. But uh, he's still not practicing fully, and I'd like to see that happen before I, you know, start uh, jumping on that bandwagon. So Dorsett, if I'm still in an MFL with 20 man rosters, that's that's the kind of area where I could consider Dorsett. Otherwise, yeah. probably not. I mean, I think by the when it's clear which of those guys has emerged. It's going to be you know your draft is going to be over. Um, yeah. We may we may not find out um, how that's going to go until game, week one, week two, and then yes, it may become apparent who who that who that chosen uh, fill in guy is. But uh, right now they're all kind of still jostling for that uh, 
um, for that role. And the, that's why Hogan has a bit of certainty because he's, he's got the job and everyone else is fighting for the targets that don't go to him uh, in the wideout uh, core. Okay. Um, tight end. Is Gronk still tight end one for you or is Kelsey ahead of him? Uh, I still like Gronk. Yeah, I mean, he's, obviously he needs to stay healthy, but if he does, I think he's still a no-brainer there. I mean, but, but that's always the trick with Gronk, right? So yeah. do, do you, at this point, it, there was funny, did you believe any of those rumors in the offseason where it was, people are like, what, is he going to retire? I mean, was there anything at all to maybe him cutting his career short? Not now, but maybe, it, he doesn't, see, does he seem like the guy, the type of guy who's going to play at least 35? Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure that he's taking it year by year, but I didn't I didn't really expect that this would be the year that he surprised us and retired before this season. Right. So I think he's he's just going to keep on playing until uh, till it, he feels that his body can hold up to it. He's changed a lot of his uh, training methods. He's uh, you know subscribed to the the Tom Brady twelve method of training and pretty pretty solid results last year. And um, I mean. Everyone's an injury risk in the in the NFL, including Travis Kelsey. So, uh, it's a, it's a pre- there's a pretty big drop off after those two guys. So, uh, I mean, either one of them is justifiable, rather high pick, and then after that, you might want to wait on your tight ends. But uh, I, I still prefer Gronkowski uh, as the as the top tight end due to his uh, red zone upside. Okay. Um, last thing I want to ask is about the defense. So they get drafted. Belichick gets so much respect from fantasy owners that they people draft the Patriots defense relatively high every year. They're not an elite option usually, but they're being drafted now. I think at at number at, at number eleven or something like that. They're in the top twelve. Last year, yards per play allowed, they were thirty first. Fantasy points, they were twenty second. Um, they have a reputation for they struggle in the beginning of the year, and Belichick figures things out, and then the defense is fine later. I don't know how exactly that relates to fantasy. Where, where would you draft them if you were a fantasy owner? That that seems kind of kind of reasonable in the in the ten to fifteen range. Um, there's there's a there's a few defenses this year that kind of stand out. You know, starting with uh, Jacksonville. Um, but the thing is with uh, with uh, team defenses, as you know, it's a, it's a total crapshoot. Yep. And once you get past those few elite defenses, then you start to have then you then you have to come up with a a tactic to to pick one and and I think it's a defensible strategy to pick teams that you think are going to win a lot of games. Uh, you look at some matchups that the Patriots might have this year. They're going to be playing against some young quarterbacks two times in their own division. Um, there's probably going to be some cold weather games down the stretch. And and as you mentioned, that pattern to to sort of make some in season adjustment adjustments uh, like they did last year and. They did. They did get better as the season went along last year, and even though the overall numbers don't look that great, uh, there, there was definitely some weeks where they they put up some uh, good points. So, like like a lot of teams, matchup specific, um, they they can they can do the job. Uh, def, definitely not a sure thing or an elite defense or anything like that. But again, lots of wins, you know, good offense, that helps. All right. Mike, that's good. Thanks a lot for all the news on the Pats. What else are you working on? Well, I mean, I'm managing the football coverage over here at Rotowire headquarters, so it's kind of a busy time of the year. We're trying to figure out who's winning and losing all these job battles. And uh, that Twitter that uh, that I'm not like a, uh, a, a an overly active member of is uh, 
is feeding us lots of good info. And uh, I guess when this call is over, I'll find out what happened in the last 22 minutes. But it's been the, it's it's the time of the year where like if you don't look at the news for 25 minutes, uh, it could be a whole new world out there. So. Uh, We'll see what it's like uh, when we hang up here. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a couple of weeks ago on a Friday morning, I was talking to, I think, Jim Coventry. I talked about Darius Geis, said, folks, you probably shouldn't worry. And two hours later, the podcast was obsolete. Oh, well, it happens. All right, folks. Mike, thanks a lot. Listeners to this podcast, everybody can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. As always, if you like the podcast, please leave us a review and a rating. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to be back on Thursday with more team previews, so come on back then. For Eric Segrist and Mike Doria, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.